From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. The pending development of nearly 200 acres for residential and commercial interests along King Creek Boulevard has sparked outrage in recent weeks. Community members have raised many questions over its potential impacts, impacts to the environment, infrastructure, and even Moab's socioeconomic future. Local journalist John Kovash raises another question. Where's the money flowing? By tracking down public records, Kovash has found that the developers of the Cane Creek Project have made substantial donations to Grand County's Republican Party, and they've been establishing clout with Utah legislators. Today on the news, we speak with Kovash about his research. As far as you can tell from your research, you know, when did this cash flow first start? It started in the 2022 election when almost all of the county GOP campaign budget came from two out-of-town donors, $6,000 from Craig Weston, the lead Cane Creek development partner, and $5,000 from the Curtis for Congress campaign. Mm -hmm. Those funds basically covered the entire campaign for now Commissioner Mike McCurdy. Weston also gave $500 to Jamison Wiggins, the winning candidate for sheriff. And that was a pivotal election in which incumbent county attorney Christina Sloan was defeated by Stephen Stocks, and Mike McCurdy and Bill Winfield were elected to the county commission in tight races. Now, county Democrats complained back then that the Republican candidates were failing to comply with identifying their donors. Those candidates eventually complied, but the donors remained secret until recently when Cane Creek opponents unearthed the disclosure documents. So I understand that these donations continued uh, the following year into 2023, including a big surge of outside money from prominent Utah Republicans. That is true. Uh, In 2023, It was more of the same, Weston primarily under different LLCs that all had his home address, gave another $4,000 to the county GOP. In addition, donations poured in from a who's who of Utah Republicans. $1,000 donors included Governor Spencer Cox, Speaker of the House Brad Wilson, Senator Stuart Adams, Senator David Hinkins, and Representative Phil Lyman, who Moab is familiar with. According to public records, the Grand County GOP now has a $30,000 war chest. So you've discovered that some of the legislators who made those donations are the same lawmakers who have targeted our local ordinances in Grand County with punitive legislation. Yes, uh, Phil Lyman was instrumental in putting a stop to Moab using some of our TRT funding for economic development instead of tourist marketing. David Hinkins has introduced SB 172, which could force Grand County to allow gravel mining on Cane Creek, permit or not, because gravel is, quote, a critical infrastructure material. One county official opined that the legislature went from being mildly annoyed with us to being downright vindictive and vengeful. The Cane Creek developers have publicly and repeatedly stated that they want to help with local affordable housing, and they've even suggested that they will make, quote, large donations toward that cause. You know, in your opinion, you know, how credible is that? And are they even qualified to create such workforce housing? That's a question that's certainly being been asked by many. Um, Craig Weston has created numerous public faces 
The partnership is oxymoronically named Cane Creek Preservation and Development, but they subsequently dubbed themselves the Utah Workforce Housing Alliance, which at the moment has seven web URLs that show only a blank gray screen and a demand for a password. And there's no evidence that they have experience creating workforce housing and no apparent workforce housing component in their development plans, although they have promised, quote, housing at all price points. Hmm. But housing is currently a trendy issue with Governor Cox and the legislature, and the state now has a raft of housing-related agencies and several Utah nonprofits have also materialized to advocate for housing. You know, how how are the King Creek developers wielding money or, you know, influence at the state level? For starters, the King Creek developers are clients of Election Hive, which is an all-purpose and highly connected Utah lobbying and campaigning machine. Election Hive clients also include some powerful Utah Republicans, including Governor Cox, Senate President Stuart Adams, House Speaker Brad Wilson, Senator Dan McKay, and Representative Ken Ivory. McKay is proposing to grant the Cane Creek developers, under yet another moniker, Utah Workforce Housing Advocates, $2.5 million in state funds to educate the public about housing. In the application, Weston told lawmakers he wants to advocate for housing by endorsing specific legislation. In, in what other ways are legislators targeting Moab for more development? Well, uh, Ken Ivory is pushing H.R. 19, which some have dubbed the McMansion Subsidy Act, which could pave the way for resort development on BLM lands adjacent to popular tourist towns like Moab. Senator Curtis Bramble, who's also become infamous in Moab, uh, in particular has sponsored bills that specifically target Moab. One bill rolled back Moab's efforts to curb ATV impacts. More recently, he got a bill passed that targeted only one piece of property in the entire state, which was, guess, the Cane Creek development parcel. The bill did away with county authority over the Cane Creek Improvement District. In the past, Bramble has served on the board of ALEC, the Koch brother-funded and controversial American Legislative Exchange Council, Many observers of Moab politics have come to conclude that the legislature delights in targeting Moab simply because they love to trigger the libs. But there is much evidence to suggest that there's also a broad effort to pave the way in the name of workforce housing for more resort development in the most desirable rural locations. And a significant number of Utah legislators are in the development business. This is a detailed report on trying to untangle a web of money and influence. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. John Kovash, local journalist who has been following the money flow around the Cane Creek development for KZMU News. Utah lawmakers want to make sure there is enough water for future residents. To do that, Senate President Stuart Adams wants to create a water council. But as Sage Miller with our partners at KUER reports, efforts to create a water council are running into opposition from conservation groups. If approved, the bill would allow the state's four largest water districts to identify water sources outside Utah boundaries. And the meetings would be exempt from public records requests. Zach Frankel is the executive director of the Utah Rivers Council. 
These four agencies will meet in secret. The public will have no idea what is discussed. And there will be no meeting minutes or records that the public can access. He says this increases the likelihood of corruption or unlawful activity. Adam says the exclusion is necessary because water is a touchy subject. And if you're going to talk to people about their water, most people carry a shotgun or a pony shovel with them. And uh, when they're talking, they're already guarded. The bill would also pursue the contentious Lake Powell pipeline that would take water from the Colorado River for Washington County residents. The county's water district would be on the council as well. Sage Miller reporting with our partners at KUER. On the Ute Mountain Ute Reservation, the tribe has started a project to open one of the largest solar farms in the United States. With our partners at KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamitis has more. 2.2 million solar panels, 8 miles long and 1 mile wide. That's the dimensions of the proposed Sun Bear Solar Farm just south of Toyak, Colorado, in the heart of the Ute Mountain Ute Reservation. Scott Clough, the Ute Mountain Ute Environmental Programs Director, says the solar farm will be one of the top five largest solar farms in the United States. It is a commercial scale project on the order of 756 megawatts AC power. Planning has been ongoing for two and a half years, and funding is coming from international renewable energy company, Canagoo. According to Canagoo's director, Justin Passfield, the project will cost over $1 billion. Passfield says electricity generated from the solar farm will be connected to the Western Area Power Administration line, but it's unclear what regional entities the electricity will be sold to. We're thinking about the power needs within Colorado, but also it makes sense for not to transmit power too far uh, from where you are. Having said that, we're going to be producing a large amount of power, so I'm not sure that all of it will be able to be consumed within Colorado. We as Ute Mountain Ute Tribe have been a fossil fuel tribe with oil and gas for a long time, probably over 50 years. The Ute Mountain Ute Tribe's chairman, Manuel Hart, is excited about the opportunity for the tribe to become a major player in renewable energy. And today with the changes in legislation and global warming and climate change, you can see the impact of what's happening to our world. So renewable is the new future right now. Canago Group says the solar farm will create over 500 local jobs for electricians and laborers, and they're aiming to start producing electricity in 2026 once final approval is given from the Bureau of Indian Affairs. I'm Clark Adamitis. You've been listening to KZMU News, grassroots community-powered journalism, weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.